Hi, it's Chelsea. And this is Andy. Welcome to Hugging and Learning, a podcast on which we watch very special episodes of classic television to see what it has to teach us today. Today we're watching possibly the most life-changing classic episode of television. <laughs> Not for the better. From the last 30 years. Um, yeah. We are watching the New Kids on the Block animated Christmas special. Oh. This aired de- December the 14th, 1990. And it was written by everyone? Yeah. The um, whole fucking world <laughs> wrote on this. And you can really tell because no idea is off limits. <laughs> you even have ideas of what should be in the background. Uh, of nothing. Just, just throw everything at the wall. It's animation. So hey, we'll need just you draw to, that in. We need you to punch this up. We don't have any time. We just need like things happening. <laughs> sort of like, what, what can we do for like a weird border in this scene for no reason? I don't know. Candy canes? Cool. Electric yeah. candy canes. Done. <laughs> Uh, the writers are Kate Kutch and Cheryl Scarborough, as well as Robert Schooley and Mark McCorkle, who might sound familiar to you. Really? Yeah, because they wrote Kim Possible, so the drama. Oh! Yeah, old Robert Schooley and Mark McCorkle. You wrote what? You, yeah. Oh, yeah, let's just jump jump right into it, since we're already halfway through. You... But there's, hold on, there's a concept development, two concept development credits as well, John Schultz and John... Besman. Yeah. So lots of hands on this uh, hard body right yeah. here. And you know what they say about too many cooks. Makes an amazing Christmas special. You wrote what? Let's go. You wrote ho, 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 what? <laughs> As we mentioned, Robert Schooley and Mark McCorkle. Are we blazing through this introduction? Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. we have about five hours worth of stuff to talk about here for this 22-minute goddamn it. I have like 20 fucking pages. So- I was so just looking back through this, and I'm like, packed. I don't know what I don't know what this is like. <laughs> this is a He-Man Christmas special all over again. It's like nothing <sighs> happens, but I have so many notes. I have, I, I constantly am like, I have more notes than <laughs> minutes have gone by. I have twice as many. All right, so as we mentioned, Robert Schooley and Mark McCorkle wrote Kim Possible, so the drama and a bunch of other Kim Possible stuff. Cheryl Scarborough and Kate Cooch. Uh, Cooch? Kutch. Let's do that. Uh, Cheryl Scarborough <laughs> and Kate Kutch uh, wrote on something I don't know if you're familiar with or not. Shelley Duvall's Bedtime Stories? Oh, I remember Shelley Duvall's Fairy Tale Theater. Guess what, champ? There was a spinoff called <laughs> Shelley Duvall's Bedtime Stories. And if you what think is the difference between a fairy tale and a bedtime story? She's a little bit more story. tired <laughs> Shelley Duvall. <laughs> I watched the the introduction to this, and what it is is it's some sort of black box theater, and high as a kite, Shelley Duvall, allegedly, 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 allegedly. It, it, but don't take my word for it. Uh, type in Shelley Duvall fairy tale theater into into YouTube. Well, I've seen fairy tale theater. It's have the, you be- watched it recently? Yeah, no, not recently. When oh. I was a kid. Do you remember how Shelley Duvall was on? There? Yes, yes. It's Hi, like she was always it's me, Shelley Duvall, on the string of a kite. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> High as that string on that same kite. Yeah. So this is uh, Shelley Duvall's bedtime stories, which is just Shelley Duvall in a weird, like very morbid-looking bed. The Stella set. Adler Theater. <laughs> Might as well be, and it's just a bed, and then a hundred thousand books. It looks like a nightmare. <laughs> and Shelley Duvall's like, "Hi, I'm Shelley Duvall." <laughs> Hooking my bedtime stories. And then she reads them? She starts to. Oh, and then they're acted out. So I have exactly... to find my book. And then she's like looking all over the place. And she's like, I found my book. <laughs> <laughs> this isn't this is not an accurate depiction of Shelley Duvall. She is not like a living chicken lady. Hi, I'm Shelley Duvall. Where's my book? Found my book. What's that? She does sound like a chicken lady. Oh man. I will snort some special cake. <laughs> 
They wrote the episode Bootsy Barker Bites. Okay. Slash Ruby the Copycat. Well, you can watch that and you can watch the New Kids on the Black Christmas special only on YouTube. Or you can actually watch it at the Paley Center because I did watch it at the Paley what? Center many months ago. Uh, you I was missed at- all the tracking incidents that <laughs> happened in this. I was at the Paley Center and I was like, I wonder if the new... Yep, there it is. Yeah. Uh, and I also watched an episode of David the Gnome. Oh, <laughs> so fantastic. That's, Do you remember how that, great... that series ended? No, not the whole series. Do you remember series. that? Did you watch those again? Did kid? the fox finally eat them? No. No. I just watched the first episode. Oh, you should watch the last one. It's fucking heartbreaking. <sighs> I loved that show when I was a kid. They climb a mountain, and they're like, Fox, you can't come with us. We are old, and it is time Swifty? to die. No! And they're like, so long, Swifty. And they leave Swifty like halfway up the mountain. No! And they finish climbing the mountain, and they're like, I love you, other gnome. I love you, David the gnome. And then they like rub their noses together, and then they turn into the trees. Oh, well, that's kind of nice to well, turn into a tree. They died. Well, yeah, but... And then Swifty's all alone. Oh, Swifty will find some more gnomes. I think Swifty finds another fox, and then that's yeah, bad. Yeah, that's good. Swifty's like, finally, I'm free of my <laughs> master's burden. <laughs> but anyway, go to the Paley Center. They got all kinds of great stuff. <laughs> yes, all of this is to say... Yeah, the Paley Center's awesome. I'm Charlie Duvall. I'm the lead egg made out of pure crack cocaine. <laughs> She's she's passed away, yeah. No, she can't sue us. So. No, she can sue us. <laughs> I don't think so. I think there was a thing recently where someone tried to interview her. It was Doctor uh, Phil. Yeah, that she's was it. yeah. I think she just has a lot of mental issues yeah. and maybe not the person to make fun of. But it's too late now. Oof. So anyway, uh, New Kids on the Block Christmas special. Yeah. Uh, shockingly, Chelsea, the voices of the NKOTB characters are not played by the NKOTB boys. In a revelation akin to finding out Santa isn't real. Really. IMDb informed me that the new kids did not do their own fucking voice acting. And I was devastated because really? I was like, what is the point of this? How oh. on earth are they even involved? They're not. Like, there are tiny little flying spinning videos, which I'm going to try to describe in a way that makes any kind I've, of sense. Don't worry, I've written them all fucking down. <laughs> but other than the tiny spinning videos... It's like the new kids on the block weren't actually involved in this in any way. Yeah, man, that's how that works. Though. I didn't know. I thought they did their own voices. Do you think that, like, yes, and, whatever it means. But what about if they're recording on the tour bus? If they have to go into the studio when they're back in New York or L.A. to they record twenty-two minutes? She wrote to do the Christmas special last year. He managed to are not real people. The new kids right, on the block cool. were real people. You that test at this time. I have to admit, it does seem pretty Milly Vanilli. For them to do this. How dare you? How dare you invoke Millie Vanilli on this time of year? Well, we I feel I feel like we have to put it out on the table now that Miles is the only one of us who knows a new kid on the block because he you actually is. Block at what? <laughs> Miles? That was a genuine reaction. <laughs> I'm sorry, Miles. What was that? I've been, I've, I'm working on a project with Joey McIntyre. Joey Mac? Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. The, the so, real voice. So he's <laughs> not this bullshit not, Joey Mac. Like the real Joey Mac. Foey McIntyre. That's what, yeah. That's what we're dealing with. Miles is the only one of us who knows an actual new kid. So. He's the only one who knows what he sounds like. When he's talking about keyboards and presents. Oh. Everybody <laughs> might as well be like my impression of Boston in this. Scam for Boston, but oh. I gotta get back to Boston. So let's set the stage. <sighs> Uh, so right. first things first, though, we're doing our special Halloween. It, we What we meant to do, by the way, was we were going to have that uh, Oreo cookie house yeah. two times in a row. And thank fucking Christ that didn't work out. Yeah, I can't eat that because twice in a row. Jesus Christ. That was My teeth just would fall out. cardboard that somebody whispered the word Oreo at. Yeah. So Oreo. this <laughs> this is the uh, next Christmassy alternative. Trader Joe's Ginger Snowball Cookies. 
buttery cookie studded with ginger and rolled in powdered sugar. So I know you've probably had a snowball cookie. Yeah. So snowball cookie is pretty standard fare. Uh You guys can all picture those. These have ginger inside them. Um, Some said it couldn't be done, but Trader Joe's went and attempted it. So let's give it a let's give it a shot. Uh, So yes, thank you for the Levi Petrie Memorial Christmas snack time hour. Except he's still alive. Yep, still alive. It's just like a ginger snap with powdered sugar, but all of the tastes hit you separately. Yeah, they do. They it's do. like, here's some sugar. Ginger. <laughs> I did have two. And the, the first one, I was like, no, I don't want ginger. I love ginger, but I don't want ginger in my snowball. But then the second <laughs> one, I was like, okay, I get it now. Right. So I had, I had to warm up to it. What a fucking journey you've been on. <laughs> I feel like I'm into it now, though. Yeah. Did Dolly Parton write a song about this? Me and little Chelsea's snowball. eating cookies. <laughs> she didn't like the first one. If Dolly Parton wrote a song about me, I would just die. Yeah, that would be the end. That would be the ultimate thing I've I could hope one, to achieve in my life. Got one that might as well be about me. <laughs> I am. I am a bit of a ragamuffin, <laughs> and also I will pass away if you don't give me candy. <laughs> <laughs> you got no gingerbread. Ain't you got no candy, lady? Come on. Give me and my fucking dog some candy. <laughs> Jerk. I will die in your home and, and the cops will come and they will be concerned. I'd be like, oh, these kids died of acute candy, <laughs> candy starvation. <laughs> uh, His candy blood atrophy. sugar got so low. All right. So let's talk about a goddamn episode of, of Holly Jolly Christmas television. Yep. All right. So the ordinary world of this <laughs> special. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. They're trying so hard. <laughs> Is the ordinary world of 1990. Like, there's no separation. It's like the the world we were living in in 1990 is the ordinary world of the Christmas special. So you have to understand, like, how huge the new kids on the block were in 1990. Right. So let me set this up for you. Take us take us back. As a... 30 years. Enormous, <laughs> no, don't say that. Take us back Holy 30 shit. years. I was so into the new kids on the block. Okay. So in 1990, actually, let's go all the way back. Let's go back to six years before that. Mari Starr and Mary Alford were had put together New Edition, which was a huge boy band. And oh, sure. now they were going to try to put together a white version of New Edition. Favorite Chicago story, by the way. Stuck on the red line. We're delayed at Howard. And the, <laughs> the guy comes on. And he's like, ladies and gentlemen, we'll be moving along here in just a few minutes. Uh, just have a bit of a delay up ahead. Y'all like New Edition? <laughs> <laughs> that was it. That was nothing else. Just like, y'all like New Edition? <laughs> just that. That's all. Talk amongst yourselves. That's various, like, just throwing out conversation hey, here's starters. A, here's a 2008 conversation <laughs> starter about New Edition. So there, so New Kids on the Block was set, set up, created to be the white version of New Edition. So Oof. the first... Uh, New Kids on the Block album comes out in 1986, and it's a flop. Maurice Starr takes them back into the studio. 1988, their second album, Hangin' Tough, comes out. Uh-uh. It's got a slightly edgier sound. The boys start making TV appearances. The album takes off. Yeah. By the end of 1989, so a year before this Christmas special, uh-huh. 
Hangin' Tough has climbed to number one on the Billboard 200 albums chart, has gone eight times platinum. Jesus. They became the first teen act to garner five top ten hits from a single album. Meanwhile, right after Hangin' Tough, they release a, a holiday album, Merry oh, yeah. Merry Christmas, which is also a top ten charting album. That was released in the fall, spawned another top ten hit. This one's for the children, which we'll hear at the end of this episode, and goes double platinum in the USA. Oh, and the proceeds from the holiday album were all donated to United Cere- Cerebral Palsy, which was their favorite charitable cause. Sure. So in 1990, the group pulled off a rare feat of having three singles on the top 100 at the oh, same time, from, I, each from a different album. Can I mention to you that I did, in fact, listen to this album on Spotify in preparation? The whole holiday album? Most, I listened to most all of the songs on Amazing. the album. Here's my review. That wasn't necessary. <laughs> Uh, that's all. That's yeah. it. It's fucking terrible. It's the worst. <laughs> and this uh, this Christmas special is like peppered with these songs. Yep. And yep. I made sure I wrote down for whatever reason what song they're talking about. I Great. Uh, my sister, I think, like New Kids on the Block. I I'm, did, but I was too young to like go to a concert or anything. You know, I was sure, like yeah. a single digit kid, but I, I still I, had like a sleeping bag and stuff. Sure, I think I liked Hanging Tough because it was like one of the few things we could listen to because it was like, man, these kids ain't mm-hmm. doing nobody no harm. Yep, uh, or so we thought. Right. So also in 1990, Columbia released a home video Hanging Tough documentary on the oh, band. Boy, that included four music videos and a live concert recorded during the 1989 tour. Massive, massive video sales on this. Werner Herzog directed. Werner Herzog. So New Kids on the Block have become. By early 1990, one of the most popular acts in the U.S., and they followed up Hangin' Tough with the next album, Step by Step, which uh, was eventually certified triple platinum and sold close to 20 million copies worldwide. They performed an estimated 200 concerts a year with an extravagant worldwide concert tour called the Magic Summer Tour, sponsored by Coke, had an overall attendance of 3.2 million people. Jesus, Louise. Their 1990 pay-per-view special broke cable TV history records at the time. They were also heavily merchandised in KOTB. Merchandise included lunchboxes, buttons, t-shirts, comic books, dolls, trading cards, Saturday morning cartoon in their likeness, developed by Pangea Corporation. And then sales for their merchandise alone, not just t- not tickets, just merchandise, were estimated at $400 million. Yikes. They also had a fan club that had a membership of over 200,000 members and was the largest fan club in the U.S. at the time. Approximately 100,000 calls per week were dialed to 1-900-9095-KIDS, the official New Kids on the Block hotline. So that's where we are. Like, this is a Christmas special featuring... These people who are not only insanely popular, but insanely merchandised. Sure. Like, like maybe even more merchandised than He-Man and She-Ra. Uh, if the, uh, no, because they didn't consistently add new kids' characters into there. Yeah, you're probably Here's right. Here's Moss Kid. But in- <laughs> Here's Skunk or Kid. So in 1990, if you were a parent looking for a hot Christmas gift around this time of year... New Kids on the Block merchandise is probably a pretty safe bet. Sure. And now, did you have a favorite New Kid on the Block? I was a fan of Joey. Sure. Um, and then Jordan was my number two. Okay. So you were not, you were like, well, oh, I better stay away from that bad boy, Donnie Wahlberg. Yeah. And now he's married to Jenny McCarthy. My instincts were correct. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, <laughs> he went from bad boy to evil. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, so I think Joey was my favorite because he was the youngest. Sure. He actually was cast 
because they were trying to find, he was, I think, 12 when he was first cast in the band. Uh And they were trying to find a Michael Jackson-like little kid to round out the band. Like they wanted a very young, much younger brother type with a very high voice. Hey, that Frankenstein thing worked out. Can we make like another (laughs) Frankenstein? Well, who's your favorite? I don't really have one. Miles? Uh, Justin Timberlake? Yeah. Yeah. Pass on uh, you. Come on, everybody! Passing. If you're if you want to take a chance, just get on the floor and do the new kids dance. It's like the Urkel, but there are five <laughs> of them. Uh, let's talk about the actual goddamn show because I I am still on page one of my yeah. uh, okay. fazillion pages. Now we've set notes. this up. So we start with actual footage of Donnie Wahlberg I talking. Have cold open. <laughs> right. This is live footage, not animated, of Donnie Wahlberg talking about Christmas and what it means to him. Accompanied by childhood photos of all the new kids flying in yeah, from all angles. this is angles. what you need to understand. Here's what I've written down. Okay, so this is... It's, you can't... Look. It's like a... Look. It's like a fever dream if that fever was caused by, like, I don't know, mescaline. Uh, oh, I sure feel warm after all this peyote I took. I got a cold. Why don't I clear that up with some acid? <laughs> Yeah, so just imagine childhood photos flying in from all directions. Sure. And and Donnie, right out the gate, he claims to have met Santa met three him. times. This is what I said. Three times. I met, I met him. I met him three times. <laughs> like, what the f- That's apropos of nothing. It's just Donnie Wahlberg coming at you going, I met him. I met him three times. And you're I was like, like we're just starting off like, buck wild, like, apparently. Back up. <laughs> All right, so what happens you is... You have not met Santa three times. You can't just lie. The visuals. <laughs> look. So the visuals are a storybook is in this warp field of stars, and it opens up, and the real Donnie Wahlberg is on one of the pages, and he's just like looking right at you going, <laughs> I met him. I met him three times. Santa Claus around the way, I, I guess, is the thing. And then that's it. That's all he's got to say. And then there are pictures, and then he gets super serious, and he goes... I love the fact that my family has been together at Christmas. And then the Christmas tree clips in the background and then baby photos. Oh, don't forget he there were Christmases he had to scrape together change to buy presents for his parents. All right, I'm going to do my best. It's a real Oliver situation. Tony Wobber, I remember when I was little trying to scrap together nickels and quarters and dimes to get my mother and father a present. It's simple. You just take like half Boston, half white kid in the 90s trying to be a black kid <laughs> right. in the 80s. Uh, step by step is playing in the background, not something off the Smash Christmas album. Yeah, it's weird, right? Just step by step, and then there's concert footage zooming through. Like, imagine you know old fashioned film negatives. It was just like a strip of um, images on a long roll of tape, basically. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's what's flashing across the screen now. But in each of those little squares. Where there would be a negative, there is film footage, concert footage. Yeah. And then there's all these 90s geometric shapes floating sure. around behind that. And then a, a shiny city and a ribbon in the sky. Yeah. And, and a, also the storybook is there again. So Donnie's the only one we're going to hear from do, in this sort of real world. Do you hear part. us right now, Chelsea? <laughs> do you hear what we're talking about? This Tell was you about your idea. I I didn't watch the whole thing before it you was my cursed idea. Us with and this. Truly, Donnie, of course, is Mark Wahlberg's older brother. Mark Wahlberg, I believe, was also briefly in the New Kids when they were setting it up. I feel up. like that's true, but I didn't. Um, uh, then I started to look it up, and then I quickly stopped because I didn't care. But he tells us Christmas is all about sharing. Yeah. 
And next we find out Coke is sponsoring this cartoon. Uh, we get a real, like, hi, I'm a local affiliate <laughs> telling you about who the sponsors are. Right. And KOTB brought to you by Coca-Cola and your local Coca-Cola bottlers. And and then he honestly pronounces it like this. And McDonald's. McDonald's. Well, he's a Coke guy, so McDonald's. Yeah. McDonald's. But Coke also sponsored their tour, so they're big They're big Coke heads. Um, so now we're going into animated land. Yeah. Enough, and that's the last real footage we'll see until the very end. Well, except in the background, we see some breakdance in Santa Claus. Oh, my God. Occasionally. The transitions are just buck wild. Well, There's we did, no... it's just a lot of concert footage, and then just... It, it, look, guys, I can't stress this enough. It makes no fucking sense. It makes no sense. So let's do the call to adventure. So all that's <sighs> the ordinary world, just Donnie talking. Is it's the... all, but it's all three times. <laughs> it's all three times. I'm with my I'm family. I'm lying to you right now. <laughs> so many Me. lies. This he sits starts on a throne of lies. fucking lies. <laughs> so the thing that we need to take away from the ordinary world is that even though they're super famous and they <laughs> travel and they play all these concerts, the new kids on the block go home for Christmas to Boston. Everyone knows they're from Boston. Sure. And then, so now we know it's a Christmas special. We can already rightly assume that a big part of the action is going to be trying to get home to Boston for yep. Christmas. Yep. So we're in New York City. Call to Adventure Time. There is a tiny... A thing I call a Zorb of Light. Yeah, absolutely. That's as good as it's going to be. It's a blue Zorb of Light. It rushes over the city... Making buildings light up and shoppers are milling around below and the song Have a Funky Funky Christmas is playing oh, in the background Jesus. and that is the call to adventure. Have a Funky Funky Christmas is a pretty explicit call to adventure. <laughs> that um, song starts with a little play where uh, Santa's like, it's another Christmas and Elf is like, Christmas is born. He's like, well, let's just have a funky Christmas. The end. Aww. Shut, don't. <laughs> don't. Don't do that. <laughs> Don't. I need you with me on I this. I need you to have a funkier Christmas if we're going to go. Uh, no, you're right. That's insane. That's insane. Other funky Christmas. So, but in the 90s, everything started with a little play. There were some, yeah. there were some R&B songs that didn't start for a minute. That's my favorite part of Beatles' Yellow Submarine. It's like in the middle, it's got a little play. <laughs> just people yelling things on a submarine. A little radio drama. So, Turn pop to stop it. It's just like, cool. Wait, these guys are revolutionary. <laughs> so the Zorb makes its way backstage. At uh, where? Metro Stadium. Metro Stadium. Which is definitely a real place. You guys lived in New York. Did you ever go to Metro Stadium? No, we tried to stay out of the Metro Stadium district. <laughs> really? It's crazy down there. It's not it real. Is. It's Madison oh, Square Garden. I know. I know, buddy. <laughs> no. okay. I know that Metro Stadium is <laughs> not sorry. the real thing. Um, they, I think they don't even actually ever... S <laughs> no, they say New York City. Okay. They so, do because they they have to talk about flights and things like right. that. So they they keep telling each other to lay off work and get with the spirit. It's Christmas Eve after all. So what has happened? And we learn, not in any linear way, but through gleaning things for the rest of the episode, we learn that they had a Christmas Eve matinee at sure. Metro Stadium, and now they are trying to lay off the work and get with the spirit and get to the airport to go home to Boston and for Christmas. And they need to funky up their Christmas by about 15%. Yes. Yeah, but until you realize, it's like you're putting together a mystery. <laughs> you really are. It's like putting together, it's like playing a game of Clue where the, the board is defying you to like, <laughs> I will not let you solve the this mystery. The board keeps flipping itself over like and scattering like your pieces everywhere. NKO uh, Metro Stadium where the new kids on the block either just performed a show or they lived there. It's unclear. <laughs> unclear. So the show, as we said, is animated, but every few seconds disembodied video heads of the new kids on the block are floating across the screen. Yep. Uh, in a, it's like a, a real horror show. And then sometimes the, the screen sort of shrinks a little bit, and then there's like a colorful 
jazzy background. It is with like, like patterns. It's made in PowerPoint. It, 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 it is, is it's out of control. Somebody's first day using editing <laughs> software, and they are going ballistic. And with they're it. like, you know what kids like? I guess to feel insane, to not be able to concentrate sure. on any one thing. Listen. I think that the, my favorite childhood memory is uh, 2001, the Jupiter Beyond the Stars incident. <laughs> oh I really like when it's like I can't tell what's going on and all that the, the things right. are flashing Confusion. on my screen. Kids love to be confused. I My favorite childhood memory is when my mom gave me too much cough syrup and I <laughs> dreamed of a utopian society. Really? I think my mom did actually give me too much cough syrup one time because there was a time that I was sick. Mm-hmm. And I do remember a large spoonful of cough syrup. Yeah. Uh, and I do remember feeling like I had lost my mind. Yeah. I, cough syrup used to give me insomnia mm. and I didn't get sick very often as a kid, but I would take a bunch of cough syrup and then I would be up all night just roaming around the house. Sure. And then the next time I got sick, I would tell my mom that I can't sleep if you give me that. And she'd be like, no, no, that's not true. <laughs> like she would, she, she would forget. And then I would be up all night just like poking things. And I think she's <laughs> wandering around the house, robo tripping her balls off. Uh, that's what it was. That's when I accidentally uh, took too much robotus in, in college. Yeah. I was like, this seems familiar. And I think the last time it happened, I was probably like 10 and I decided there was a particular CD I wanted in my parents' room. And it's the middle of the night. And I went, in there and just started like ripping all the cds off the cd case which is so loud yeah woke both my parents up and they were like what are you doing and i was like i'm trying to find a james taylor cd or something right and my mom was like oh no okay now i get i get the cough syrup thing now yeah no more cough syrup for you molly percocet (laughs) um yeah, that's I remember like the, these wicker baskets that had little animal heads on top. You take them out, throw your clothes, mm-hmm. toys, and shit in there. And I just remember those coming to life and oh, being like scary. terrified and interested at the same time. Yeah, but also very sleepy. Yeah. Uh, but <laughs> yes. also wide awake and coughing. And also really understanding things, man. <laughs> right, truly really getting it. We're just the universe looking at itself, bro. You're six. We're just the universe <laughs> looking at itself. So. Back to this insanity, which feels like someone wrote it on Robitussin. Yep. Danny steals Donnie's peace sign to put on top of the tree, okay. which is made of speakers Back, covered in yeah. lights. Which he has made because somebody was pushing speakers and lights. It's Danny. Yep. Danny was... Wait, Jordan? Danny. I it's, <laughs> uh, I don't figure out who these people are until like uh, two pages from I mean, now. How so. can you? They don't have voice by themselves. Yeah, they're not voiced yeah, by boo-goo, themselves. Boo-goo. So Danny... That's what they all sound like. Hey, Christmas tree, funky boo. That's what they all sound like. Danny has made a Christmas tree out of speakers. It's covered in lights. Yeah. He takes Donnie Wahlberg's peace sign necklace and puts it on the top as a tree topper. And Donnie says, in the first recorded use of this phrase, I believe, "Hey, that's kicking it." Yeah. As though kicking it. The verbal phrase is an adjective, like "Hey, that's this cool." Hey, that's kicking it. Boost, fifty or sixty-year-old writer thing I've ever seen. Yeah, yeah, I watched some of the fucking hanging tough documentary. I think I get it. The tippity tap 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 tap. Whoa, kicking it. There. Hey, that's kicking that's it. kicking it. <laughs> Everybody's like, kicking it. We're all kicking it. You like kicking it? That's kicking it. <laughs> to rewind that, because I was like, "That's not a." Did I? Am, I was young when this aired, but surely that wasn't a thing people said. Hey, folks, uh, just to keep you posted at home, I am on page two of my notes. <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm page three of my notes now. Okay, so 
now we have a Christmas tree that's kicking it. Uh-huh. And also we built a snowman out of hat boxes. You know, hat boxes. Like people carried in the 90s, the sure. 1990s for their hats, big round boxes. We make a oh. snowman out of those. So I've and been then- writing, go ahead. Danny trips while carrying packages, and Joey wraps a gift for his mom. These are just all things Wait, that are happening. Hold tight. Wait, and Danny's slow down. clumsy. I have to explain to people <laughs> why this drove me insane, and you are glossing over a lot of stuff. Uh, cut to a hallway uh, where two bubbles playing videos of Joey and Danny, and Danny is in a Star Trek purple robe suit, like he's in court or a cult meeting, are floating around, and then you cut to Jordan. Uh, making the snowman, and all I know is Jordan. I've written down Jordan, parentheses, rat tail, to help me remember which <laughs> one's Jordan. Jordan and Jonathan are brothers, for those of us who don't know. Nobody cares. Uh, I do actually I care. Jordan and Jonathan. Like that will be someone important. Yeah. Yeah. So Joey wraps many, many, many identical presents, <laughs> all of which he says are for his mom. Then he thrusts the wrapping paper at the screen, and we see the depictive characters we haven't met Biscuit, yep, uh, and a dog in a Starfield box over a, a weird background uh, somewhere. A tortured soldier begins to spill uh, in information as his sanity <laughs> slips away. I've written here in my notes. This is is used for torture. I would have given away. You show me this. I would have given away my troops positions in a second. I'd have been like, stop, stop this. Stop this. It's like, sure, cut off my toes and things like that. But this is going to leave me forever changed. I've written the tortured soldier begins to spill information as his sanity slips away. That's not part of the special. That's just what we assume happens when you watch the here's, special. Here's the other thing that I've written here. I hope no one finds this notebook after I'm dead <laughs> because these notes will make me seem like the killer in seven. <laughs> it's a real Unabomber quality. We're in two minutes and 30 seconds of this thing. <laughs> it's two minutes and 30 seconds, people. I don't know how long we've been talking. A year. <laughs> It's hard to describe what's happening because there are so many things. Just give me a map. I will point to where my troops are. Okay, so now Biscuit's there. The reason I'm glossing over the reason I'm glossing over things is because none of this has anything to do with plot. (laughs) We haven't even gotten into any. We haven't. Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. Nothing's happened. But here's something else that's not a thing that's happening. Biscuit shows up. (laughs) Okay. So the next thing we hear is, ho, 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 homeboys. Mm -hmm. And Biscuit enters dressed as Santa. Biscuit is a large African-American man who is their uh, tour manager, roadie, chaperone. fucking knows? His job is never explained other than he takes care of the new kids. Sure. He, I feel uh, like they tell he him is... he makes a slamming Santa. Yeah, he's 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 a, that that Santa is kicking it. Yeah, that's a kicking it Santa. He's a kicking it Santa. <laughs> that's a real kicking it Santa. And then we meet Dick Scott, who says they've got to get to the airport early for a change. Dick Scott is their tour manager, chaperone, uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Biscuit's husband. <laughs> Doesn't Could make fucking any sense. Doesn't make any sense. Uh, except he, Biscuit seems to have a more sort of like hands-on role, uh-huh. and Dick Scott seems to do more with money and schedules, sure, or something. Yeah, but their job titles are never given. No, and uh, the word manager is thrown around here and there. We just and don't. Biscuit's title seems just be Biscuit. <laughs> Biscuit, which is spelled B-I-Z-C-U-T, by the yeah, way. Z. Biscut. Biscut. So Joey rejoices. 
and says Beantown Posse's headed home for the holidays. So as I surmised, our first big Joey's Joey's got a singular goal for the whole episode. Many other people doing many other things. Joey wants to go home to Boston for Christmas. Right. Joey's on a singular mission. It's important. He's a good touchstone for us for the episode as things sort of fly oh, off the rails. I see. Because he he has a singular line of vision. He's our he's our constant. He is like in he's, Lost. He's he's our Virgil. Yeah, he's the Virgil absolutely. to our Dante. So speaking of flying off the rails, Biscuit passes out presents. <laughs> yes. Danny gets shoulder pads because he's clumsy. Because he's clumsy, which uh-huh. we're supposed to, I guess, know now. Uh, yeah, Jordan uh, gets Groucho glasses. Uh, they're fan a fan ducker disguise. Yeah, and then he makes a little gr- Groucho voice. Yeah, you know what kids love. Jonathan, uh, I don't know. They shoot Grouchos, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> they shoot Grouchos, don't they? Hey, who's going to validate this Groucho for me? <laughs> Uh, Kids love it. Jonathan Jonathan gets a present, and I don't know what it is. Because I wrote a perpetual question mark because there's a huge sound effect, and you yeah. can't hear the end of the sentence. A Biscuit schedule? Says, I guess. I Biscuit says, it's a... Jonathan's too busy laughing. There's a there's a sound effect. I think it's a schedule. It's a long sheet of paper on a clipboard, and I guess Jonathan likes schedules. I have no idea. You know, there's the bad boy, the schedule lover, <laughs> the clumsy the ladies one. man. Uh, uh, Joey Jojo Shabadoo gets, uh, he doesn't open his present. He doesn't open his present. He says, my family waits until Christmas morning. And I'm like, okay, we're setting up later something. No, Mm-mm. he's never going to open that. He's never going to open that Why? present. Why? Why not just give him some shitty thing? I feel like it's a, it's a teen abstinence message, really. <laughs> Oh my god, it's buried under layers of gift wrap. But now it's time for Donnie to get a present. D- Donnie, where did Donnie go? No, Donnie wandered off. This is not kicking it. Yeah, he doesn't, it's the opposite he, of kicking it. He doesn't it want his Christmas present. <laughs> he doesn't want his Christmas present, which is rude. Biscuit hey, wrapped that for you. I'm just a hyped on Christmas this year, B-Man. Ought to be something more to it than this. Yeah, auto, that... That's a shitty thing to do as a person hands you a present. Be yeah. like, I not like I'll open it later. I don't even want this. There should be something more to this than whatever you can't got even, me. Can't even be bothered to slap it out of your hands. <laughs> Quoth Biscuit, got to get him back to Boston. So that's our call to adventure, uh, I yeah. guess. Something. Right. Donnie's not hyped on Christmas. Donnie, I guess, is our hero. He's the one we heard from in real life at the top of the show. He walks off alone. So he's going on a journey sure. to get hyped on Christmas again, I guess. Cut to real footage of fans outside a building holding a sign they made. 21st, 25% of this sign is a peace sign. And the word peace, sure. Also, <laughs> sure. all the ladies are a little too old, except for one lady who is a lot of too old to be doing this. <laughs> now, Four minutes into the episode, people. Remember... They're doing 200 concerts a year, which is three or four a week, plus TV and radio appearances. That's a grueling schedule. I'd want to go home and stay home, too. So I'm Team Joey so far in this episode. Oh, that's why they didn't have time to voice over their own cartoon. Yeah, Chelsea, give them a break, man. Oh, when they're supposed to be sleeping. Yes. I want blood. You (laughs) (laughs) You can't get blood from a turnip, they say. I beg to differ. Okay, so now we're going into this special world of the hero's journey, such as it is. Donnie is our hero. He's We're living in a world where he's not hyped on Christmas. We know he's the most hyped on Christmas. Christmas is usually kicking it, but sure. this year it's, it's not, not kicking, kicking it. it. So a random kid. Albert. 
is still in the concert venue after everyone's gone. Chelsea, it is worth noting he is totally alive. <laughs> <laughs> There is nothing done you, about this you, you don't. You can't put your hand through him or anything. No, 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 no. So everybody can see him. He has no. He has no parents. <laughs> and he says to, he's just in the middle of an auditorium. <laughs> the show is over. There's just a little kid hanging out in an empty metro stadium. No, he's alive though. He's alive. <laughs> totally there. He's really there. And he says, he says to Donnie, come with me on a secret mission. And Donnie's like, sure. Donnie's like, you probably need a ride or something. <laughs> Which, sure. So Donnie walks off with them. He's like, you want a lift? We'll give you a lift on our way to the airport. Mysterious kid with no parents. It's somehow still in the concert venue. Cut to something fucking stupid. Jonathan, I guess, is going to give, is Jonathan Jordan our yes. brothers, right? Jonathan's going to give his brother Jordan a custom DevTech keyboard. DevTech keyboard. Is this a fucking product placement for DevTech keyboard? I don't know because I know Miles what a resident keyboard expert. You look that shit up. All right. Well, he's going to give him a custom dev tech keyboard. And, yeah, he uh, had it specially made for Jordan. And he, he tries to hide it because Jordan's coming up. And then clumsy old Danny uh, has a big sack full of toys. Yep. And uh, they're all for his fucking family. And he knocks this over the keyboard. This sack full of toys, by the way. Yo, you ain't sack kidding. sack full of toys is going to come up 99 times. So imagine a sack full of toys as tall and twice as wide as Danny. Now double that size. <laughs> He's got, because it is. This is for his family. It's for his family. It's for his family. And anytime you can see into the sack, it is overflowing with robots. Yeah. <laughs> It's just little His family tiny. is Skynet. And he's got to give it to my Android family. <laughs> We're going to be, we live at the, the place, Boston Dynamic. <laughs> so Danny comes through with this huge sack of robots long enough to kick open the keyboard case, revealing the gift to Jordan. Jonathan's like, Dev Tech keyboard for me. And Jordan says, Oh, wait. John says, Merry Christmas. Want, who the fuck ever? One of those kids <laughs> says to the other kid, then the one kid knocks into the thing. And the door I all. wrote, for me, F-A. <laughs> for me? So they all get into a limo, including the ghost of Christmas past kid. And they're on their way to the airport, but they agree to make one stop to drop off the kid. This is where I, I say, so Mark Wahlberg isn't a new kid? <laughs> Anyway, so Donnie says it'll be a quick stop because now they're all in one place. I'm like, wait a second. None okay. of these kids is, is funky fresh at all. No, they're all in one place. They have an extra kid. They're all in one limo. The limo is pulling away from kid. Metro Stadium. Biscuit and Dick Scott are standing. Seems like one of them should have been in that limo, but no. Meh. They're standing in front of Metro Stadium, and Biscuit tells Dick Scott that, that the new kids are going to make an extra stop, and Dick loses his mind. He's yeah. like, not on Christmas Eve. They'll never get to the airport in time if they make one extra stop. And so Dick shoves Biscuit and his dog into a cab and says, follow that limo to the cabbie, and uh-huh. he himself rushes off to the airport to stall them, whatever that means stall in pre-9-11 America. Oh, it doesn't, We're gonna it doesn't mean anything stall now. the airport gonna stall the plane also there's no way these people aren't flying private if they want to to go home for christmas yeah so the kid the dead kid oh he's definitely never mind alive the alive kid yeah i don't know why he said that is giving the limo driver directions and they soon lose (laughs) the cab that's tailing them hold on so inside the cab is joe montagna's likeness rights lawsuit (laughs) uh as a driver (laughs) because he is it's just joe montagna (laughs) 
Uh, he's talking a little he's bit like Joe Pesci. He's wearing sunglasses at night, right? Is he? No, he's not. No, he's not. In uh, my mind, he's wearing Biscuit sunglasses. Is. <laughs> well, yeah. And then he's like, follow that limo. And they start driving, and the screen pushes up. And in the bottom is this photo negative footage of traffic. Yeah. So we're watching a cab, cartoon cab drive by on top. And the bottom, in case you've forgotten where cars are or what <laughs> other cars look like or what it's like when they drive, here's weird footage of cars driving. They're trawling the limo. The limo takes a right at a store called Funtland. <laughs> <laughs> I paused it. People, this is not a mistake. I looked at it. I was like, I, I wiped my eyes cartoon style. I was like, what? They pass a place called Funtland. <laughs> like there's just an extra T in there? I guess so. Or maybe, maybe it's Fountainland. Funtland. Funtland. All right, cool. So yeah, then the limo disappears and the cabbie's like, hey, it must have given us a slip. Let's just drive around the <laughs> yeah. fucking city. And the cabbie goes, no worries, we'll find the limo. I've got all night. And I was like... It doesn't actually matter what time frame you're working on, sir. Yeah, that's just called cheating a customer. <laughs> right. In the meantime, we might as well... And he's like, in the meantime, you might as well take in New York City at Christmas. And Buzz... And Biscuit says, word, it's a cool ride through the Yuletide. Fuck off, Biscuit. Like, like, I was like, Biscuit, this is not your job to go sightseeing. There are five and potentially one half <laughs> children missing right now. Right. There are new kids on the block. This is not time for a cool ride through the Yuletide. No, no, no. <laughs> this is time for a cool panic about the missing kids. <laughs> oh, okay. So uh, the most famous kids in the world just went missing. Time for a cool ride through the Yuletide. Buildings. <laughs> Let's check lights. out a fucking park. Okay, so we're the, gonna go the, to the world's largest. And most sparsely furnished apartment now. Is it an apartment? It's Hold an on. apartment I have to, building. I have it's to a, turn my it's page. It's like a three-flat building. Oh, first things first. So we transition by showing concert footage while Missing You Come Christmas, parentheses, a letter to Santa Claus plays. What? Santa's the one person you don't miss on Christmas. Well, I think he's writing Santa Claus to let... Santa Claus know that they're missing someone. Oh, I'm sorry. Did the new kids not <laughs> make it conceptual <laughs> enough for you? No. I don't think they miss Santa Claus. I think they're missing you, Chelsea. They're writing a letter to Chelsea, Santa they Claus. they miss you. And they're writing Santa Claus. That's misleading, then. If I'm not mistaken. You should be missing her, a letter to Santa Claus. Sure, absolutely. They're new kids on the block. Not, Who is this song not addressed new, to? They're new kids on the block, not new Nuance on Juilliard the block. <laughs> graduates on the block, Chelsea. Sorry about it. It's not my fault they didn't go to Juilliard. It's not anybody's fault that nobody goes to Juilliard. I did. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Boop. Whose fault was that? Do I have... Uh, oh, I have my fucking <laughs> Juilliard mug right here. Fantastic. What does my mug say that you guys gave me? <laughs> I'm the proud son-in-law of a freaking awesome mother-in-law. Yes, she bought me this mug. Oh, it says it on both sides. Don't worry. <laughs> anyway, so the screen shrinks. Shout out to my mom. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, concert footage during which Missing You Come Christmas, a letter to Santa Claus is playing off of their album, which Rolling Stones calls Album Not Reviewed. <laughs> I believe that's what Siskel Niebert called this special as well. Probably. We're at an orphanage. Yeah. Is it? it no, not an it's orphanage. A community. Well, children live there. Yeah, but... And children... <laughs> all sorts of children okay, live there. Okay, so 
it is it is a large like three flat apartment building. Right. A woman named Rosa lives there. Uh-huh. Um, but it's very sparsely furnished. So you get the idea that Rosa doesn't have a lot of money. Right. So, but uh, okay, wait. Okay. I'm trying to piece this together. So this is this is what we know. Oh, so they're all Rosa's kids. But no, it's also like a community center. I think it's like a community. I think she makes her home into a community center at the holidays. So Rosa is talking to a prospector, I maybe? Also said, <laughs> Rosa's having a tough time, but then she's confronted by an old prospector. Um, and and she's talking about donations. He says, thanks for your continued generosity. And she's like, seems like every year there are more people needing and fewer people giving. And I hate to see the children down at Christmas. And the voice actress is doing like a bad latina marilyn monroe impression very much so it's real bad also she says it's the coldest christmas in years this is a cold snap come and says old prospect <laughs> silver and gold <laughs> old prospector says he's he just doesn't think he's gonna be able to pan for gold this year it's cold down in the peppermint mines this time of year it does so- a little jig here's what i've written here by the way if you played this episode and then at the end, New Kids on the Block came on to tell me that this episode is what being on crack is like, that'd be the most effective PSA of all time. This would be number one with a bullet as far as special episodes are concerned. It's true. So this is what we know now. Rosa is generous and she opens her home to people at the holidays and she gives them blankets and food, etc. But this year is the coldest year. She doesn't have enough donations, but people are still coming. And and it's not that there's no sort of mitigation for why there are fewer donations. There's no like, she it's been a hard like, year for people. Tough, she does say it's been tough. It's been a tough year for everybody. Okay. Well, I feel like as the episode goes on, we blame the lack of donations more on people not being hyped on Christmas. Like people just not caring as Listen, much. or Christmas not... just isn't as kicking it as <laughs> it usually usual. is. So anyway, so that's where we are. So I mean, that tree is... Kind of kicking it, but yeah, could it'd be, be more, more kicking, kicking it, it if there was a fucking been fucking more kicking peace it in the sign past. on the top <laughs> so the that door- I ripped off of somebody's neck. <laughs> so the doorbell rings, and Rosa says, "If anyone's giving, we're taking." And it's the new kids on the block on the porch. Sure. They all got out of the limo to walk this kid Albert to the door. Yeah. And instead this, of real life where they just boot him out and be like, why did we do this in the first place? Like, Thanks for coming. This, this is, <laughs> Thanks for coming by. <laughs> this has all been a ruse. Al- it turns out Albert has brought them here to get, to get them to Rosa's daughter, daughter, Marta, who's their biggest fan. Mm-hmm. And they all say Merry Christmas. And Marta can't believe her luck. She's so excited. The new kids are on her doorstep, which to be fair, if you were like a 10 year old, 12-year-old girl watching this in 1990, you'd be like, holy shit, can yeah. you imagine if the new kids on the block rang my doorbell and sure. I opened my door on Christmas Eve? I would believe in Christmas miracles for the rest of my life. Absolutely. So Marta lets them in, and then... All right, let's they try start to, wandering around. Well, let's try to figure this out. Marta lets them in, and they enter the orphanage, yep. and this is where old Mr. Eddington McEnity <laughs> decides, <laughs> right. let's shrink the screen a little bit, and then in the background, we'll put a multicolored, super flashy candy cane motif yeah. just as like a border yeah. for these guys walking around. Like, why now? Like, why did they do this Because now? we can't have 10 seconds of anyone not talking without supplementing. Like... I feel like they're, it just, just it's like, no, there have to be 40 things happening at all times. I think it's like, well, they're just walking. They're just <laughs> right. walking forward. That's not a thing. It's not a good. Uh, so candy, canes, candy, yeah. candy canes, candy canes. And then Joey, of course, you know, our, our Dante is yep. like, we have a plane to catch. 
Let us get back in the limo. Why are we wandering around this community center orphanage home? Yep. And Donnie's like, we'll just stay long enough to spread some Christmas cheer. Which, if you've ever been at an event you wanted to leave uh-huh. and said something along the lines of like, when can we leave to the person you're there with? And they give you some bullshit vagary, like uh-uh. long enough to spread. Just leave because that person's never leaving. Like th- there's no, there's no cutoff point at which that person will ever believe they have spread enough Christmas cheer No, and decide it's time to go. They're so, waiting to see Joey, if, go to the airport now. They're, they're going to wait to see if they start doing drugs in the John. And then they go <laughs> the there. John. So we go back to the airport and Dick uh, gets everyone on a later flight. Here's the weird thing. Oh, no. Though. Wait, before we go back to the airport, oh, sure. we overhear Rosa on a phone call trying to get donations and not get having any luck. Right. Okay. So things are dire. Also, the scene transition is somebody breakdancing. The airport, uh, Dick gets everyone on a later flight, but... Yeah, he's like, hold the plane, and the the gate agent's like, no, we don't do that. And he's like, is there later flights? And she's like, yeah, that's how airports work. (laughs) Right. But here's the thing. In the background, on all of the screens at the airport, they're all playing... They're all playing concert footage of New Kids yeah, on the Block. Are. Yeah, they are. And this is... I wrote Which the, we know is false because the only thing playing on the airport TVs ever is diners, drive-ins, and dives. Gaffieri is <laughs> kicking it sauce. <laughs> I feel like that's a thing. Uh, and I wrote, this is like an HP Lovecraft story where New Kids on the Block are inescapable old gods. <laughs> but it's also probably what their lives were like a little bit. Yeah, you're not wrong. Because they were so, so much everywhere. Okay. Here's where... So back at right. Rose's, all the rules of reality melt away. Uh, so Mar- Marna? Marta? Sure, whatever the daughter. The, the daughter. Marta. Marta? Yeah. Whatever. I barely got the five new kids' names right. To, 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 to yeah. Some new character. You know, selling me this toy. She's playing the piano and somebody compliments her. And she laughs, but the laughter is just squirrel chirps. <laughs> the house is now full of people. <laughs> just move along, move along. Keep going, keep going. The house is large. It's full of. It's filling up with people. The prospector, I think, tells us that Rosa opens her home up on Christmas Eve to people who otherwise don't have any place to go. And this is where I wrote, is this kid a ghost, actually? <laughs> I wrote, I wrote, four kids enter and are excited that the new kids plus Marta minus Albert are there. <laughs> yeah. And then there's a moment where Donnie's talking to Albert. Yeah. And then someone else is like, who are you talking this fucking to? fucking old prospector is like, who are you talking to? But then Donnie turns around and Albert is legitimately gone. And here's where so I remember. It, it seems like Albert just left before old prospector saw sure, him. But we all, we all get it. Right. Um, is this where I should, should point out my stunning revelation? Yeah, do it. So this is where Donnie Wahlberg is talking to old prospector. Yep. And he's like, blah, blah, blah. Albert, old prospector goes, who are you talking to? And Albert's not there. And that's when I remember that Donnie Wahlberg is in The Sixth Sense. (laughs) All right. He's at the beginning of The Sixth Sense. Oh, man. Where it might as well be a continuation of this story because he's a kid who saw dead people, but nobody helped him. Yep. Boom. Yep. All right, yep. so this is a prequel to yep. Sixth Sense. Oh, my God. Yeah. It's all coming together. <laughs> so this, this is also the this scene. This is like the fifth sense. It's, <laughs> it's barely the third sense. Uh, this is the lack the, of the sense. The nonsense. <laughs> yeah, so Joey is bummed. Once again, Joey is talking about how bummed he is he isn't on a plane home. I'd be fucking livid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would be like... I'll just take the limo. Yeah, then. I'm going to take a cab Peace. because it's New York City and the airport is there and my ticket is there and Dick is there. So and I'm I'll sure there are living later. cab drivers as well. Why did I even say that? <laughs> right. uh, but this is where Joey Jojo 
Johnny Joe Shabadoo says that uh, Christmas is super important to his mom. And then he holds up a Christmas card. Did you catch this? Uh, I don't know. He holds up a Christmas card that I guess is he and his family dressed up. And it's, they're all dressed up as like, it's somebody, somebody, somebody's playing Santa. Somebody's playing Mrs. Claus. I'm assuming father and mother. And then it's a bunch of kids dressed up in like, like weird reindeer costumes. Sure. But like. Miles' mom makes us dress up for Christmas pictures. All the kids are like wearing tank tops and are a little too muscular. So it looks like, like. What the the L.A. gay choir would send out as their Christmas card, if I'm being honest with you. Or if it's like, hey, we're the furries of Los Angeles. Or like, Merry Christmas from our bar in WeHo. Furry Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Merry Christmas from Hamburger Merry. Right. Hamburger Merry Christmas. <laughs> I'm sure is a thing that they have done. Uh, God bless you, Weeho. Yeah, so, but then the ghost kid lays a guilt trip. Joey's like, I'm bummed. I can't go home for Christmas. And Albert's like, uh, I'm pretty sure some kids don't have Christmas at all. Some kids aren't even alive. <laughs> I don't know why I brought that up. And then immediately some of the kids who don't have Christmas at all are standing directly in front of Joey. So Joey does what any of us would do. He says, hop on this couch and let's pretend it's a sleigh ride. Okay, I've written down what happens. Please, let's just blaze please. through this. Sorry. Boom, kids jump on the couch. Boom, Joey is Santa and the couch is a sleigh. Boom, they go flying off in the air. Boom, scene transition with Santa playing an electric guitar. Now we're at the North Pole, but also somehow in the house in New York. And the new kids are spinning on a giant record, but also doing a tap dance number to entertain poor people. Sure, and they're dressed, everybody's dressed as elves in Santa Claus, except they're not. And then it flashes back to their regular (laughs) clothes and they're still dancing and clapping. (gasps) (laughs) Yeah, it's like... It's it's really like an acid trip. It truly it's is. like a daytime dream hellscape. Like I'm sure the movie Yellow Submarine saw this and threw down its hat and was like, "Oh, <laughs> you've bested me on this one." And new then kids. they come out of it and they're just dancing, tap dancing yep. for for the people in the house as the last of the blankets and the food are running out. And Rosa says they need a miracle, and the new kids overhear, although they're tap dancing. Yeah. And so, then I wrote, Ghost Kid is maybe not a ghost, because now he's outside throwing snowballs at street signs yeah. and muttering this was supposed to work, which seems very unghost-like. That's, yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> what? You rarely see a ghost, like, just fucking around. That's really... When you're doing a ghost story, part of the uh, part of the mystique is not a ghost just like, Bleh. I'm taking a ghost break out here. <laughs> Better tie my shoes. What? No, ghost. No. You don't need to. I'm going to take a shit. What? Ghost. You don't ghost. need to do that anymore, ghost. Ghost poops. So he's outside angry throwing snowballs at her street sign. And then he begins the shakedown in earnest. Donnie Boy. comes outside and he's like, Donnie, we need blankets. We need food. The whole works. It has to happen tonight. You're rich and famous, so you make it happen. Yeah, the new kids remember that they're a financial <laughs> juggernaut. <laughs> but they don't donate any money. Here's the thing. Fuck it. The fact of their new kidness is the beacon that will draw Christmas spirit and donations to itself. The thing is, like, any one of them could just cut a check and they could all get in the limo and leave, but then it would be over. So what we need now is for Donnie to rally the other new kids and say, what's the point of being a new kid if we can't make things happen? And Joey is like, I want to go home. (laughs) (laughs) Joey's a real piece of shit. Joey's like, why are we still 
here. Can anybody fucking answer me that? Can, could we? Can we <laughs> I'm 14. I want to go home Tom, with my mom. I am too young to save an orphanage community center. Brownstone. I'm doing three or four concerts a year for a week for a year. This still means something to I me, everyone. Go home. I am right now realizing that my childhood is melting away. <laughs> That I am so the many hus- snowballs thrown by an angry ghost. I am seeing the husk of an adult that I will become someday <laughs> if I do not celebrate small things like funky Christmas <laughs> or funky Christmas. Uh, by the way, the taxi is still driving around Biscuit, or is also known scamming. <laughs> yeah, uh, um, and the rest of them are like, "Yeah, we'll take a later flight." And I'm going, there aren't unlimited flights, you know. Like at some point, there stop being flights. Hold on, here's the, the most unbelievable part of this thing. They call the airport to leave a message. <laughs> Stupid. Yes. That's not a thing. I'm pretty sure if you do that nowadays, you're on a terrorist list somewhere. Where they tried to leave a message? For a singular person at, at mm. LaGuardia or JFK <laughs> yeah. on Christmas Eve. You know. Hey, it's it's me, Joey Jojo. I'm a new kid. There's a message. Uh, this message is for Dick. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> there, right. So there are 40,000 people here. Also, how is this not a prank call? Yeah, right. So Biscuit is in the cab with the dog. He takes control of the cab. He just He's like, I'm driving now. And the cabbie's like, sure. Sure. And he's like, we're going to get back on the job. Enough sightseeing. We got to find the kids. There's some, they've, they're like driving through Central Park or something. Sure. Just really on a on a lark. Yeah. And back to the airport, Dick Scott asked to change the flights again, and the airline rep says, it would be easier to fly Boston here. And Dick Scott has a little light bulb go on in you his head. You need Dick Scott to be like, fly Boston here, huh? But instead he just goes, and that's it. Also, I just want to, so let's say on the conservative end, each of them is celebrating with five people. Sure. Okay. Well, even though Jordan and John are brothers, we'll say five for each of them. They have okay. a big family. Sure. We'll average it out to five per. Is now Dick Scott going to call 25 people yeah. and say, hey, why don't you come down here in the middle of the night? I know you weren't planning on this. You're not packed. Uh-huh. I'm imagining my mother getting that phone call at like 9 p.m. on Christmas yeah, Eve. Exactly. Like, why don't you, instead of doing everything that you've set up to do uh-huh. at your house tomorrow... Yeah. With my children. Right. Why don't you pack all that stuff up and last minute mad dash to the bus station mm-hmm. and get on a fucking bus. Let's, let's role play this out because well, there's one point you're missing here. Um, hi, Miss uh, Miss Markintel. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah. I. Uh, so uh, I was wondering, we cannot get 14-year-old Chelsea back my to- My kid? What's wrong with my kid? Hold What's on. happening? Listen, I'll get to that. We what? need you to get on a bus that we're arranging in a couple of hours. Is she dead? What's Hold happening? On. Listen, Christmas. It's Christmas time. Yeah, I know. We need you to get on a bus to come up to New York right away. The traffic's going to be terrible. I understand that, but that's not my problem. What? But I like, couldn't, you get, her I on couldn't a plane? get him on a plane. Well, you can't get her on a plane? Yeah, I don't know where she is. <laughs> <laughs> End scene. And then my mother immediately pulls me out of the new kids on the block. <laughs> For gross negligence. So in true rich person fashion, Uh the new kids on the block decide to throw money at the problem by buying out some stores. Only snag is all the stores are closed. Oh, what? Like all of them in New York City are closed. Well, it is 9 p.m. in 1990s Christmas. I guess. But like 
the great thing about New York City is not everybody is Christian and celebrating all the same holidays on oh, all no, the same that's days. Very true. You can find stuff. I mean, you could get food and blankets in New York City oh, at 9 p.m. That's Christmas very Eve. true. But they try at Funtland. <laughs> Funtland is closed. Once again, the word miracle gets thrown around sort of carelessly. Yeah. Carolers show up and go berserk for oh, the new kids. The carolers who are singing to nobody in this closed <laughs> yeah. metro Everything's district. Everything's closed. And they're like, we're just going to stand on this There's abandoned three street of us, corner. And we're singing to, I guess, ourselves. So the fact that this carolers go berserk gives Donnie an idea. Yeah. And so this is, now we are approaching the inmost cave. Donnie tells Marta, Rosa's daughter, back at the ranch, to call all her friends and have them come over to see the new kids on the block. And someone else says, you're going to let the fans know where we are? And he says, yeah, it's going to be ballistic. And then they proceed to use the word ballistic 45 They've times. They've already used the ballistic twice. That it's, didn't make sense. I, I mean, I feel like they're not using ballistic as anyone else did. And then well, you would say, like, go ballistic. Yeah. But you wouldn't say this party's ballistic, That's would you? That's ballisticking it. Right? Yeah, no. They, no one used that. Dude, it just, it, <clears throat> that's kicking it, you know? It is kicking it. So, <laughs> so this is, I guess, where the phone tree is activated. They're going to call 20,000 members of the fan club. They're going to call that 9900 number. Sure. Of a hotline. And they basically put out a word that they're doing a meet and greet at Rose's and the price of admission is food and blankets. Like they're not performing. They're not going to do like a concert on the street block party. No. They're basically just going to be at Rose's. And if you want to come meet the new kids on the block, bring some food and blankets. Sure. So that's the inmost cave. This, this is all, yeah, this yeah. is all done via montage where the very idea of confusion and poor editing, uh, psychologically merges with the spirit of Christmas. Yes. So now we have the Supreme Ordeal, which is very fast. People start streaming into Roses. Donations are piling up to the ceiling. They'll have enough blankets for all of Blanketon. For all of Blanketon. Rosa is overwhelmed. She says, you guys are great. What a Christmas. And Donnie says, I'm digging it. Given is the reason for the season. So if the journey we've been on is Donnie not being hyped on Christmas this year because Christmas wasn't kicking it, now he's digging it because given is the reason for the season. So we've come to the end of our journey we think, and, and if Donnie you look has... in the background, you can see Joey weeping uncontrollably. <laughs> Joey's <laughs> like, Mom! Here's my favorite part of the episode, racism. So Biscuit sees the news footage of the new kids, and he's like, oh, I've got to call Dick. Oh, yeah, reporters have showed up, yeah. in addition to all of the people with donations. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's a big, it's a big to-do yeah. uh, now. And he wants to call Dick at the airport, which, again, not a thing you could ever possibly nope. do. Hey, it's me. I want to. Uh, can I talk to Dick? Yeah, hold on one second, <laughs> hold on. sir. I'll just, I'll just cover the mouthpiece of this phone and yell. <laughs> at JFK on Christmas. Dick! Uh, and he's like, I don't have any change. Luckily, a racist woman sees him, assumes he's homeless, and gives him a quarter. God blesses everyone. Well, not everyone. Racism, a Christmas miracle. Nicely summed up. Thanks. So Christmas is saved for a bunch of poor people. <laughs> no, no, roses. that's not it. This woman is like, hey, that's somebody in need. Crystal knocked on my watch. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Nazi puns. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, he did not All see right. that one coming. <laughs> my God. Yeah, now we have to keep that in there. <laughs> Crystal knocked on my watch. Oh, my God. <laughs> Okay. This is, wow. Yeah. Well, this is super kicking it now. So, I feel like my pun sapped the life out. They of really you. did. I just like to get a sentence out. Oh, sorry, buddy. Go a ahead. Pun. So, I mean, good luck. 
is that is that just now or since we started this podcast? Just since you started making Nazi puns. <laughs> I do not see how we're going to finish this time. <laughs> Don't either. So Christmas is saved for all the people at Roses. Donnie feels happy again. That's his reward for making Joey miss his Christmas and dragging them all on this adventure. Right. However, we're not done yet. We have a whole, no. like, act three for healing the community, returning with the elixir. Biscuit is still driving around trying to find the kids he lost. The Zorb shows back up. Remember the Zorb? Yeah, it's I been remember. Gone. Uh, how, remember how young we were when we <laughs> talked about the Zorb? The Zorb shows up. It lights up the TV screens. That's how we see, oh, yeah. that's how we see Donnie being interviewed and, and how... Uh, he made it. He says something about making it all happen. Biscuit pulls over, somehow confirms the location, triangulates the location from the TV screens. Yep. Calls Dick Scott, who now lives at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> Dick Scott is like, cool, cool, cool. When you find them, don't let them out of your sight. Sit on them if you have to, which feels like a fat joke. And then Biscuit arrives at Rose's dressed like Santa and is immediately mobbed by kids wanting presents. And this is where Santa's sack of uh, Chekhov's sack of presents there it is. shows up. Danny sacrifices all the robots he had for his own family. <laughs> Danny sacrificed all the robots. He the gives them to the kids. And then Jordan gives the custom keyboard that, that he had made for... Jonathan. Jonathan had made for Jordan. Sure. Jordan has the custom DevTech keyboard. Gives it to Rosa's daughter, Marta, because she was playing the piano earlier. Yeah. And after he's revealed that he didn't even bother to get Jonathan a present at all. Nope. And then Dick Scott shows up and is like, you missed the last flight. And Donnie apologizes to everyone, and Joey hits him in the mouth. <laughs> Joey just quietly stabs him in the leg. This is no. what my heart feels like. But the point is, by now they're all resigned to Donnie's bullshit. They're just like, I yeah. guess this is kicking it, I guess. Fucking Stockholm Syndrome. That's your present from Donnie this year. Surprise! It turns out the cabbie and the ghost kid are in cahoots. Because the cabbie was dead also, also I guess. Although we had no... He was just bad at his job. Shitty, shitty we cabbie. had no indication other than maybe he intentionally let the limo oh, get away from him. Sure. But like, and then kept... We just thought he was bad at his ready job. with being like, hey, look at the city for a yeah, few hours. We just thought he was shitty. We didn't realize he was supernatural in any way. Hmm. So then Dick Scott rented out a bus to help uh-huh. drive up all their families and they're all here but hours earlier than they should be it here take about four and a half hours due from... to intervention of magic cabbie and ghost kid who high, high five. five yeah yeah we did it so chelsea don't Even worry Biscuit's mom is here Fucking add, add five mom. more people for biscuits holiday so they all have christmas at rosa's truly gigantic home and no one is upset like everyone's like yeah i guess i guess this is fine Instead of getting me home for Christmas or like instead of renting a bus to drive me home. Yeah. Like if we all got on the bus now, we could be home by midnight. If they had just uh, just dropped this kid off and then taken the limo to Boston. Right. Or if Dick Scott had been like, you missed the last flight, but I hired you a bus. And we're going to drive just you guys instead of driving your entire families down. But no, they've driven all the families down. The families all got on the... Oh, my mother would not have gotten uh, on that bus. Nobody's no. mom would have done this. <laughs> oh, what's that? I guess I'll pack up my hard work. Right. Or as much as I can fit in this fucking oh Jonathan-sized sack. <laughs> so, Donnie, now, everyone's family's there. Everyone's doing, like, we're doing New Kids Christmas at Roses with all these people we don't know. Donnie yeah. goes looking for Albert, now that the dust has settled. Because Albert's, quote, <laughs> the disappeared again. And that he finds Rosa with a photo of her dead son, Albert. (laughs) (laughs) 
So she's like, my son's dead. And they're like, oh, that's fucking shitty. And then they go outside to talk to Albert. Nobody says, hey, lady, come say goodbye to your dead yeah, son. Yeah, I've been talking to your dead kid all day. Hey, heads up. The afterlife exists. Yeah, right. <laughs> and your son's there. And he's fine. And he's looking out for you. Like, none of that. Hey, come outside and watch him throw a fucking snowball. <laughs> that's she the said, only power that he has. She says in life, Albert promised to always help her make Christmas special for the neighborhood. And she sees the same generous spirit in the new kid that Albert had and Donnie runs outside and Albert's still there sure. and they hug and Albert says it's time for him to move on and then he hops into a magic cab the cab's magic the cab's dead too I guess yeah, and they fly off into the night grease style like the cab just <laughs> goes up into the air and it's like whoa 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 wait you want to give Rosa a Christmas miracle yeah go back in and tell her that her son is like watching just, out for her from the other side he's fine like or look out the window dummy there's your kid getting into a dead ghost <laughs> even cab. if you can't even if he's just a ghost that the new kids can see and biscuit and Which, Dick by the Scott, way what kind of loving God would let that be the case yeah no one else can see maybe Rosa can't see him television psychics had have made a living off yeah. just telling people like your dead relative is fine and loves you yeah and says he's fine and, and he's waiting for you and how like, is the old prospector not seeing this kid no I mean if anybody the old prospector should be. <laughs> he should see this kid then like look at a bottle of booze and throw it away and be like never no. again yeah so epilogue concert footage of New Kids yeah. on the Block singing This One's for the Children. This one's for the children. In the most sequined, longest blazers you have ever seen. Yeah. Sitting on stools. Here's the thing. I looked up uh, I looked up This One's for the Children to figure out which song this was. And then I heard a lyric that I was like, well, I'm clearly hearing that wrong. But uh, then I looked up the lyrics and it turns out this is the, the for real lyric. So it's mm-hmm. This One's for the Children, the Children of the World. This one's for the children. May God keep them in his throne. <laughs> Chelsea, you and I both grew up in religious. You remember the Bible talking about the secret compartment in God's throne? It's <laughs> big enough for all the that, children. It's all the children. It's a little door on the side. May God keep him, keep them in What's, his throne. What is the word that's supposed to rhyme with throne? The children of the world. What? <laughs> yeah. That's not even like, well, we got to rhyme something with throne. I mean... Look, I get it. You're throwing songs together to be like, eh, fucking the children, the world. funky Christmas, funky, funky Christmas. Done. That one's done. Uh, I'm writing. I miss her. Uh, letter to Santa Claus. Wait, does that mean you're missing Santa Claus? No, 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 no time. <laughs> no, no, no. no, no those the children everywhere. May God keep them in His hair. Oh, God. see, there you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's why his hair is so big. It's full of children. Why don't you just make God? If you want to stay true to your vision, may God keep them in his chair. <laughs> like not. This was for the children. The children, merry and bright, may God keep them in his sight. Why are you, why are you trying to reinvent the wheel here? We're, you can't. You can't go back in time and change the first line. Here it is. This one's for the children, children of the world. This one's for the children. Silver and gold. <laughs> song is not kicking it. <laughs> okay. So. Oh, my God. This is, we made it. This is over. <laughs> the podcast. Christmas is canceled. Our sanity. <laughs> Our sanity. All right. What did we learn? Uh, God's got a secret compartment in his throne. <laughs> Important. How big important. is it? It's all the children sized. I learned that sometimes ghosts can appear and they can 
multiple people can see them, but not all the people, yeah. and they can take some time off when things aren't going well and to throw snowballs. It depends on your newness in relation to the block. Yeah. If you are an old kid on the block, no, no you cannot see them. Yeah. If you're an old prospector in the orphanage, <laughs> which is a shitty boy band that no. did not make it. No. It's a real niche Mining audience. Mining gold. <laughs> Mining gold. Yeehaw! Uh, <laughs> prospectors in the orphanage. Sound Coming of canaries soon. in the background. <laughs> Die. <laughs> um, who did you want to hug? The percussion is just a bunch of pots and pans <laughs> rattling together. Banjos, mouth harps, pots and pans. Uh, I wait. I didn't say what I learned. Oh, sorry. The the, the I've learned the limits of man's sanity. <laughs> I've seen the boundaries Man's on the edge of reason. To man. This is another Werner Herzog type. Truly, I feel like Bridget Jones, <laughs> the edge of reason, should really watch this and <laughs> rethink its title. <laughs> I have been to the edge of reason. <laughs> I have stared into the cliff. There were electric candy canes. Then a dev tech keyboard. <laughs> In KOTB, the edge of reason. Yes. Uh, so I didn't learn anything. It's fine. Um, oh, I also learned... Because I was looking around. Because you know they're back together and they're touring. I've heard this. And I know people that go to those concerts. I oh, mean, sure. they're all full of people our age. It's not like teenagers go to them. Right, right, it's right. like just nostalgia on steroids. It's the it's like the that one cut scene where there's two old ladies with the two T O O two old ladies uh-huh. that were there. It's like prophetic. So those ladies are dead now. Now they have those ladies are dead now. <laughs> well, they can hang out with Albert, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> so. The New Kids on the Block dropped a mixtape, the mixtape tour last year, a behind-the-scenes music video called 80s Baby, which you can watch online and I'll link to. But it's basically the song is like, you'll always be my 80s baby. And I was like, they're not even trying anymore. They're not even writing. It's just like, hey, remember remember the 80s? May God keep you in his throne. (laughs) May God keep you in his hair. <laughs> this one's for the '80s babies. '80s babies around the world. Life didn't quite turn out like you thought it would, did it? <laughs> to be clear, it is all the original lineup of NKOTB, which is rare. Sure. For a you know for May a boy keep band. Him in his hair. May I keep him in his hair? <laughs> and um, I think that it was Joey who said he would never. He would never reunite unless it was all of them. Oh, sure. So, no... What a bold stance. <laughs> right. Yeah, who did you want to hug? I guess, now that we've talked it through, probably Joey Jojo Yo-Yo McAdoo. Yo-Yo McIntyre, yeah. <laughs> Baby Yoda Baby McIntyre. <laughs> Joey Baby Yo-Yo Mcmcintyre duh. Um, <clears throat> Me too, because he just wants to go home. He, he has a very clear, you know, like when you're an actor and they're like, what are you getting in circumstances? What's your objective? What's your super objective? All his <laughs> objectives are the, are the same. All of them. I Get want me to back go to home. Beantown to my mom for I Christmas. just want to go home. And everyone else is like, what we're doing is more important than what you want. No, it's not. It's not. I want to go home. I'm a 14 year old boy. To my mom and my dad and all my shirtless brothers. I'm just a little boy. I wish. I wish they'd taken that super dark turn where he's just like constantly like, guys, I just, I just want to go home. I'm just a baby Yoda. I, I want to go home, baby Yoda. And all these people are trying to kill me. What's that helmet guy? I'll go with you. <laughs> exactly. Wow, do you think that Baby Yoda's trying to get back to Boston? Biscuit is the Mandalorian. <laughs> oh, <laughs> trying, no. <laughs> trying to get Boy. Baby Yo-Yo McIntyre back to Boston. 
Yeah, I guess I wanted to hug uh, uh, Joey Jojo Yo-Yo Shabadoo. Who did you want to hug? Yeah, same. Same, right? Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda McIntyre. If you were trying to show children today about the child abuse suffered at the oh hands God. of the entertainment industry, would you show them this? No, because it looks like everyone wants to be your friend and you can do no wrong. There's also there's a, a problematic bit here where it's like, I think this is something we're done with nowadays or we're, we're getting to I'm done with it. Maybe maybe society will catch up to me someday. I don't care about how hard rich people have it anymore. No, I don't I'm, think anyone does. We're beyond I'm that. Okay. My thing is also like thinking about sustainability. So Rosa tries to do this every year, right? She tries to get donations and food and a warm, safe place for people. No one cares anymore. She can't get anyone to come pay right. attention. New Kids on the Block show up this one year. They have all these food and blankets. Great. Next year. It's back to that. What? Yeah. So it's not even like we taught kids to care about less fortunate people at Christmas. No. It was more like a wish fulfillment thing. Like, wouldn't it be cool if the new kids on the block showed up at your house and then you got to call all your friends and be like, the new kids are my house and you can come if you bring a blanket. Yeah. And and how are we supposed to relate to the new kids, you know, not feeling the Christmas spirit? How are we supposed to relate to Albert? Like, usually when there's a ghost, it makes a point. You know, it's sort of like we were just talking about Christmas Carol before this, like, Mm -hmm. Marley comes back as a ghost and says to Scrooge, like, we were, in life, we operated the same way, and now I am being tortured, and I am here to warn you that if you don't... You know, like, ghosts usually have a function beyond getting mom blankets for one year. I do want to write a movie called Pointless Ghost (laughs) now, and it's just like, boo. He's outside throwing snowballs, and he's like, this was supposed to work, and I want to be like, fucking rethink your plan, dude. This is super shit. It's like it was made by a nine-year-old. You'll be visited by three ghosts. What will they do? Uh, Hang out. One will drive you around Central Park in a cab for sure. like a while. And Another one's going to fucking guilt you into having a good time. Yeah. <laughs> Boo-hoo. And the third one is the ghost of Joey's childhood. <laughs> fucking killed it. Yep. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm so glad we watched this, but I it's am insane. Too. I don't know how we're going to top this n- next year. I don't know that there's anything more insane than this. I don't know, because I didn't know how we were going to top Sh- He-Man and She-Ra and last year, are. but here we are. So I'm fucking t- tears streaming down my face, <laughs> and uh, I am ready to tell my captors where the troops are. Where where the robots are. I will tell you, robots. I will robot. tell you where the I will tell my is. robot captors. <laughs> <laughs> where I have held your robot prisoners there in a gigantic sack. <laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go take a nap, by which I mean go to work. <laughs> well, <laughs> Merry Christmas hey, to all. Merry Christmas, everyone. Thanks for spending another holidays. year with us. Happy uh, Hanukkah. Happy New Year. Happy everything. Merry everything from us and the new kids and Booty and the dog. We do not speak for the new kids. <laughs> My, uh, Miles speaks for Joey. Joey, what did Miles? What would Joey have to say about all this? Yo, yo, Merry Christmas! Yeah, that was good. That was kicking it. That was kicking it. <laughs> that was fairly. Thanks kicking for it. joining us in 2018 and 2019. Truly, two truly kicking it years. Yeah, they were kicking it. Uh, and we'll be back next time. We'll be kicking it in the new decade. I feel like we're using it too correctly. I'm using it as a verb. <laughs> 2020 is going to be a super kick in it year. Yeah, that's the way to do it. Yeah, And we'll be back with more podcasts, which will be kicking it. No, that's still using it I feel it like you got to use it as an adjective. It's just only an, an adjective. adjective. Okay, we'll work okay, on it. We'll right. work on it. We're, we're, we'll certainly give it a kick in it try. There you go. There, no, that's see, good. that's perfect. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, so, yes, thank you for joining us, and we'll kick it and see you next kick it. <laughs> Bring kicking it. Kicking it. Kickin it. <laughs>
you for listening to Hugging and Learning. If you want to visit us online, our website is huggingandlearning.com, where you can find links to all the articles we talked about today, as well as our post office box, where you can mail us snacks. Subscribe to our podcast, rate and review, and tell your friends about us. If you want to drop us a line, you can email us at huggingandlearningpodcast at gmail.com. You can tell us about the experiences you've had with things we talked about. Or you can send us suggestions on which episodes we should do next. Our podcast is produced by Miles Pulaski, who also wrote our theme music. I'm Andrew. And I'm Chelsea. See you next time. Bring snacks. Mm-hmm.